For From the moment you hear his voice, you know they're going to be audiences with a unique Joey Coco Diaz has been working comedy stages for 15 years. With her tongue-in-cheek, she's been exploring such topics of the dynamics of the male-female relationships, as we call them here in the studio, Dirty Thoughts, and the proliferation of the sensual feminist. She's a little firecracker rolled up, and that's why I love her, and that's why you're going to love listening. So tune in, all right? Ready? Are you wiping away the candy cane crumbs off of your uh, beautiful black hoodie? Chew into the microphone so people can hear you. Greetings to all you <laughs> podcasters out there in Podcastville. Don't choke on that candy cane, Joey. Felicia Michaels. And Joey Diaz. Beauty and the Beast. We're back, bitches. We are back. We've had an eventful two weeks, right? That's right, man. We're sorry we were down that one week over the RSS feed. But shit happens sometimes. You know what I'm saying? You should hear your voice. What's wrong with my voice? <laughs> I got a candy cane in my mouth. Let me pull the plug before I can get it fucking down my throat. Well, you know Jesus, a candy cane is a fucking commitment candy. It's not like, come on, we're ready, and then you fucking bust open a candy Listen, cane. Listen, for some people, it's a commitment candy. You want to jerk off and look out the window in the car on the way to grandma's. For me, I'm stoned. I need the sugar ASAP. Anyway, we I have had a crazy two weeks. Like, I'm so fucking glad Christmas is over and I enjoyed it my kids had fun and I had a great party and all this kind of stuff but I decided to take my kids up to Mammoth in the biggest snowstorm in 30 years I didn't know it was going to be the biggest snowstorm in 30 years and I tell you what uh, I put the chains on the car and in the middle of a blizzard you know when the blizzard's like a, a latte colored blizzard <laughs> No man would look me in the eye as they were quickly trying to put the chains on their cars because, quite frankly, they weren't doing much better than I was doing. And then my friends in L.A. are like, don't worry, the chain dude will be up there. Yeah, the fucking, fucking chain, chain dude. You had two but kids is? with you, you know what I'm saying? Know, if you have been alone, dude? 20 million chain guys would have came out. You came out of the car with those two kids. People were like, fuck her. Yeah, you could be Angelina Jolie. Fuck if you're her. on the side of a road in the middle of a blizzard and you got to put your chains on, everyone would be like, fuck you, bitch. No, 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 no. Even Angelina get... Jolie can't make that look good. Angelina Jolie by herself, people would pull over. Those eight fucking kids. No, they people wouldn't. keep going. Yeah, I'm telling you, guys no, keep going. No, they wouldn't. Guys are like, fuck I that. could tell when a guy, when his like half <clears throat> a nut is frozen. He is not going to help a woman because I know his nut must be frozen because my clit was frozen. It was so fucking cold and icy. All my pants were wet. My clit was so frozen. If a guy would have put a tongue on it, it would have stuck there. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you would have fucking chisel it first. With a... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Let me tell you something. It's tough because if you're in a car and you're driving and you see a chick, you're like, oh, maybe I'll pull over. But half of them had women with them in the car. That's what the problem was. So no, they can't the pull over was, the I'm telling woman. you, the problem was, because some of them didn't have women in the car, the problem was it was fucking terrible. I'm telling cold. you, if I would have been driving, I see you pulled over the side of the car, I'm going to pull over, help you did the tires, whatever you need, and I'll try to give you a stabbing, but that's <laughs> in my youth now, I ain't going to give nobody a stabbing. And, and my clit and your penis would have shattered like shattered, glass. Shattered, <laughs> that's how cold it was. I got to talk to you for 10 hours just to get a piece of ass, just for your fucking monkey to the thaw. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> to my kids Christmas show last night and How was uh, that? yeah you know uh, you know 
this, it was totally fucking cute, and, uh, and you know, it was, you know, a little torture, too, you know, because sure, the kids are learning instruments, but it's cute, you know what I mean? And For it's about sweet. 10 minutes, and you gotta go out and smoke a cigarette, and yeah. fucking, why didn't I eat that banana nut cake? I knew this was gonna be long, because <laughs> all those kid events, right. you gotta get stoned. You know, as much as you like your kid or your nephew, you got to do a little something just to get the party started. Right. You know, I even got high when they baptized my kid downstairs in the church. Did I ever tell you that? Did you really? While they were baptizing Jackie, I was downstairs with my brother-in-law smoking a big old joint in the fucking bathroom. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? All that kid shit, you need to get your head together first. Right. Even if it's your kid, just two hits just to right. make it seem smooth. Because those kid functions make you lose your fucking mind. There's kids everywhere. And then they start coughing, and all you think about is being having the flu all next week. Right. You've been about 10 kids, and one of them starts coughing. You can smell the flu in the air. And you're like, this cocksucker's going to get me sick all next week. I'm going to be walking around coughing, you little fuck. Go to the other side of the room. Right. You take a fucking cough drop or something, you know? But that's the thing. When there's a lot of kids around, I don't know about you, I get, and I love kids. Right. I love kids, but something about it, you're like, hold on one second, kids. Before we get this party started, Uncle Joey's got to get his party started. Well, I have uh, two boys, and I've been to boy parties where there's like 50 boys. And let me tell you, it is, uh, it's, uh, it's uh, you know, one of them has the conch. And you know what I mean? And it's not going to be me. You go to the parties with all these little lunatics? Oh, yeah, like laser tag. That's amazing that you laser have. Let me tell you something. Fun, I would sit there. I love laser tag. If I was like a 10-year-old kid, I'd take bets on how long it would take for like nine motherfuckers to take you in the bushes and just mangle you like a fucking, like those coyotes, mangle like some little animal that's dead. Because <laughs> I know if I was 10 and you come on looking like the way you do, me and my partners would be plotting how we're going to take her fucking wig off and light it on fire. I, know, I think that's just you, though. I don't think no, that's No, you look good, child. Felicia Michaels. <laughs> little right. kids, when you're about 10 or 11, that's when you start actually looking at girls. Really? For years, it was like, ew. Not, not other people's moms. Hey, if a mom really? looks good, she got big titties or something, you got to look at the mom. <laughs> Shut up. Really? Moms are fucking sure. Look really? at you. You're a mom. You look better than most 20 year olds. So, wow. I know if I was 10 years old and fucking you came to like some party, I'd be plowing with my friends like a pack of what are those things, coyotes, when they just pull the fucking the moose into the, into the weeds. <laughs> That's what we'd be doing to you. You'd be saying, no, no. It's always been my fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> we'd have you by the arm pulling you into the weeds, making you eat your oh own fucking milk God. duds. That you is know us. I'll put a instead of putting a ball in your mouth, I put a bunch of milk, milk duds in your mouth. Like I remember when I was like eleven or twelve, there was a, the Mets played on school faculty like in basketball for a benefit and there was these girls and everybody said she was easy and I'll never forget there was like 20 guys just grabbing her titties like we were like in the 6th grade we, we, what girl is this? some fucking girl I don't what know she, she was like, like a fresh, sixth grade? she was like a freshman in high school but people said she was loose and we were like in the 6th grade we were like young fucking barracudas and all of a sudden we looked at this girl and all of a sudden we were like and I'll never forget leaving the high school and we had this girl surrounded like Indians and we were all like squeezing the tits. She's like, get away. And we're squeezing the tits and squeezing her ass. And I remember going home, like, I remember walking 30 blocks with that little fucking heart on. Like, usually your little heart on goes down. But when you're like 11, that little thought of pussy, that smell. And I remember smelling my hands. I got to grabbing her tits through a sweater. Like, maybe I could smell what her shit smells like that or something. That is the worst fucking That's true, though. I've little kids heard. get That's fucking terrible. crazy. That's like an episode of Law and Order, Joey. We get crazy. That's a fucking episode no, of no, Law no, and Order. Listen, we didn't rape her. We didn't pull a wig off. We didn't beat her. I was like 10 oh, kids squeezing the titties. There's 10 kids. You cornered her and. No, no, she was in the middle of a circle. And well, we were that's just squeezing even it. Worse. And it's funny that's because. 
there was thousands of people there. Nobody said them because we were innocent little kids. Little, they, 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 they we're squeezing their titties. We're trying to grab a pussy, grab her ass. I remember going home with that little hard on, and my face was still red. Because when you have a hard on between the ages of 10 and like 12, your face just gets red. That's how you can tell when your boys have a hard on. Their face gets red. They can't talk. You can't even talk. Yeah, like, like your mom's like, you want some soda? <laughs> you can't even talk. You go to your bathroom and you try to whack off. It's fucking horrible. But it happened. What do you, I'm going to tell you, when you're, that's the shit about kids. You're a fucking kid. You're there to have a good time. I don't know what happened to that girl. She kept going to school. I just can't believe that I'm standing here with this look of disbelief and horror, and you keep selling that terrible story. It ain't the first time you're sitting there with <laughs> well, disbelief God, and horror. Know, so what's the big deal? Story. It's not a terrible story. We didn't, it's not like we tackled her and made a suck no, on dick. No, you circled around her like the Romans circling yeah, around, like Indians. around a, yeah, Listen, yeah. if there was a pole, we would have tied it to the pole and just squeezed the titties. You follow I know, me? But, but that's terrible. But no, nobody got hurt. It was just, what she, she didn't, could, I'm she sure didn't call the cops. Nobody, we were young kids. I'm we didn't sure know. that traumatized her. When you were a young kid, that, that, that's terrible. When you're a young kid and you're on the street and, and older kids tell you about pussy and shit and you're listening to this and you really have nobody to talk to about this because you're ashamed. You want people to assume that you know this shit already when you're 11. Like, I know about that shit. But you don't know about that stuff. And all of a sudden you go home and all of a sudden your first three or four contacts with a woman, it's amazing when you're a young kid. I'm just trying to tell you because you're a mom and you have two boys. So if oh your boys God. come home with a red face, that means something happened sexually. If they sexually. ever circle a chick like that, I'll fucking and kick squeeze their, their titties asses. and shit. It was That's fun. Terrible. It was fun for like. Man, if your mother knew that you did that. Oh, she would have had a heart attack. She, she would have She would have had a fucking yeah. heart attack. But you know, she, I think I only squeezed the titties twice. She would have made her girlfriend surround you and do do the favor back to you. I don't she give a fuck. So I'm going to squeeze my ass, squeeze my ball, squeeze it. What do I care? As long as I'm, I'll just pass out and go in a shock like most people do. <laughs> 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 and this is our Christmas episode, by this the way. This is it. <laughs> <laughs>
Sign. I ain't gonna fart today. I took a Pepto Bismol before I come I to calm this coming down. You know, we've been together a long time. That's the first time I farted in front of you, except in the car. You gotta fart in the car. Yeah. You're excited. You know what I'm saying? But by the way, that is a typical uh, a male thing. A male usually waits around six months before they start farting in front of you. Oh fuck that! I fart right off the bat to establish really? myself. Sure, you want to get it out of the way. You know what I'm saying? On your first date. On the second or third date. Yeah. <laughs> On the second or third date, you fart and you make believe you don't know who farted. Right. <laughs> you smell it. Is that your broccoli? Oh, God, somebody passed gas. That's horrible. You know what I'm saying? And then you right. work it. And then finally, your girl says to you, can I ask you a question? I'm no Jacques Cousteau. On the last three dates, I've smelt the same fucking fart. You know what I'm saying? It has to be you. It's got to be you. Nobody else could fart with this essence, this patois in their asshole. You know what I'm saying? Jack Cousteau. Yeah, you know, like I, when I said Jack Cousteau, I meant that as a smart person. You know, what no, I'm no. Saying? <laughs> someone who goes into wet places really deep. No, is Jack Cousteau even alive anymore? I think he died. I he think, died. Yeah. I think Ted Turner killed him. That's what happens. Ted Turner took him on a fishing trip and stabbed him. Cocksucker! You're making me pay high money for your documentaries on TNT. It's fun, man. This podcast has been—it's been a great year with you, Felicia. I know uh, we've had fun. I give Felicia a lot of respect. Uh, she's a fucking trooper, man. We did this. This is our I 21st know. episode, and we made yeah. it happen. And the volume is fucked up, but keep listening, bitch. You know what? If the volume is fucked up, get a hearing aid. What are you bothering us <laughs> for? Every week, just get a fucking hearing right. aid. I'll tell you how good we were last week. We busted somebody's iPod. He twitted me, your podcast blew my iPod. The Why? speakers. I don't fucking know. That's oh, his really? problem. Yeah. They're on sale right now at Costco for $99. Go down there and get yourself a new iPod. You know, so how do I know this? Because my niece wants an iPod. And my wife looked it up. And right. Fucking ninety-nine dollars. What happens to an AM FM radio for two dollars? You, you know, know so. I had this baking party uh, where all my girlfriends get together and we bake cookies. And uh, your wife came to the baking party. Yes, and she as did. we were uh, mixing dough together, she said, "Listen, I talked to Joey about the farting." <laughs> <laughs> and, we, and we discussed it, and, and I don't think he's gonna do it anymore. No, I called you and apologized and shit. My wife set me straight. <laughs> Because I farted in front of her, and she's like, that's a terrible fart. And I go, you know what? I farted two of those in front of Felicia. <laughs> she goes, you should call her and apologize. Listen, man, uh, I always talk a lot of shit on here, and, and I always talk about growing up in Jersey and New York, and that was a, an important time in my life. But what really groomed me were my years in Boulder, Colorado, because I was alone. I was a lone wolf. And then I met this guy that I'm going to bring on the show here, and he changed my life in Boulder. He made my last uh, five years in Boulder enjoyable. This guy knows my daughter. He, know my, he knows my wife. He was there when I was on probation. He was there when I almost choked out Jeff Jensen. He was there when I robbed the Acura dealership, and they blamed it on David Means. Enough. This is my uncle. Let's give him a round of applause, Mr. Mike Kessler. Woo! What's up, Uncle Mike? What's up, baby? What's going on? Uh, not much. Somebody, I, you know, he picks me up this morning, he blindfolds me, and he brings me here. I sure, know you know how we do it. I didn't put him in the trunk. <laughs> I, let him sit in the, I let him sit in the front seat, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it reminds me of a story with that blindfold in the trunk. I don't know. That's, he's got a thing for that. Yes, he does. I've been kidnapped by Joey, but I just didn't know it. He's gotten so good at it, you don't know you're being kidnapped. You don't even know. I just he slip it into you. in the front seat. What, what, tell me about the first time you met. Uh, let's see. Okay, so it's uh, 20 years ago? Yeah, yeah it's 88. 88. 88. Yeah, 88. Good year. 89, 88. So I had left uh, New York City in a, in a hurry. I left some train wrecks back there. And uh, 
and I get to Boulder, Colorado, and I have absolutely no resume, no idea what to do. But I also had a wife and two kids, so I got a job. Well, what do you do when you don't have a resume, you can't do anything, you're full of shit? You either become a politician or a, lawyer or a car salesman. So I got a job as a car salesman. I'm standing in Boulder, Colorado, uh, probably one of the most beautiful places on the planet, the whitest town in the entire world, and I'm having a good time because I found somewhere I could earn a living, you know, and this is a really nice little Nissan store. And you got a lot of free time. One of the things you do with the car sales, I'm standing out in front of the store and one day and there's this kid that was walking back and forth for three or four days. I think it was like maybe the second time I saw you. And he's walking. Now, nobody walked. Everybody had a car. So he's walking. He walks by and I'm standing in front of there like Harvey Keitel in front of the Nissan store. And we strike up a conversation and you could tell from the accident that I wasn't born and raised in Idaho either. And uh, all of a sudden, we just start talking, where you're from, Jersey this, and I said, uh, where are you going? He said, I'm going to work. I said, where are you coming from? Where do you live? He goes, well, I'm up here at the halfway house. I said, halfway house, what was that, uh, drugs? Or he goes, no, I just got out of prison. I said, hey, what did you do? He said, uh, attempted murder. I said, oh, only attempted. Okay, well, that's cool, you know. Kidnapping. Kidnapping. And uh, that was it. And then we just became friends, and, uh, and uh, he's completely <laughs> insane. And I, I may have changed his life, but God, did he change mine. Uh, and uh, we were there for about five years, and I watched him, and I also watched the first time he went up and did stand-up in the, uh, what was the name of the place? Club Mix, Club the Mix. Black Club in East Koufax, Colorado. But let me ask you this, though. When you said uh, the halfway house, I mean, what were you thinking? Because you, you <laughs> oh, started the conversation, I... and there's a guy. And he says, halfway house. Were you like, oh, interesting. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, he, he reminded me of some friends back home, and I was no stranger to people who, like, made their living without, like, actually going and having a job. Right. Uh, I actually hadn't had a very much of a job before that, so I got a history where I spent a lot of time in order to support my family, and I did things to earn a living that... Uh, Probably nice Jewish boys don't do everywhere if you go, you know, it's like okay. that. And I started, I started comedy, and it was really weird because I, I started comedy, and uh, Mike worked at a dealership, and he came out with all the guys. It was like December 18th, and I won the contest, and they made me the, the, uh, the house MC at the Boulder Broker. Boulder Broker. And, you know, they, came, they would always come watch me, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, I went to New York for a while. I had just gotten divorced. And it was so weird because Mike seen the whole thing. Mike, you know, met my wife, Mike met the baby. And uh, my baby basically grew up at your house. I used to bring her to the house and play with the dog yeah. and shit like that. And uh, We used to go shopping at Toys R Us. We used to go shoplifting at Toys, Toys R Us. <laughs> he, he knows. He knows. I used to, he used to fucking watch and he, used to, he couldn't believe it. But I, was, I couldn't be, I got, I'm standing up. I pull up in front of this Toys R Us in Boulder, Colorado. I'm driving. Because he had pull over here. I have no idea. I, I, know he's, I always know he's up to no good, but I just sit there and I'm just laughing. What the fuck? I walk in there, no more than five minutes. He comes out, he's got three of these Nintendos or Ataris, whatever the big thing was at the time. He's got the security guard opening the door for him, okay? <laughs> Walks in, takes the three of them, and he goes, excuse me, could you open the door? And the guy goes, yes, sir, right here, right this way. And, uh, and that was that. Then he would take them back in and cash them in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't want the Nintendo. Make some fucking dough, but so uh, it was f me and Mike are kindred souls because we both like getting down. We both like partying. We both would snort a line of coke from time to time. You know what I'm saying? And it was funny. We were partners in crime. You Not know? in a long time though. He was. Uh, he right now, was, I'm into peace, love, and brown. Eyes. He was. Uh, he was my. Rep <laughs> he replaced my buddy Loops. He was my go-to guy. It was our little secret. 
And it was like 8 o'clock. We'd call each other. What are we going to do? Can you get some? I can get some. Let's go for a ride. And, and uh, there was a few stories in Boulder that we laughed our ass off. One of the best stories ever is one of his daughters, his, old, his eldest daughter, was going to the University of Colorado to the film school. So I always wanted to be in the movies, and she was doing this uh, a film, you know, and they wrote it, you know, I, I'm, I'm a heavy in the movie, I hit the guy in the head with a bottle, and I throw him in a, tunk of, in a trunk of a car. It was very similar to the kidnapping experience I had, but it was well, a long that's, shoot. That's what, that's what she based it on. I had never been on a film shoot before. We shot up in the Estes Park or something up there, in a nice little boat. Lions, Col Lions, Colorado. Lions, Colorado. Fucking beautiful day. It was a Sunday, and I get there at 12, and it's 8 o'clock at night, and then I shoot. And I've never been through this before. You know, what the fuck is going on? They say, look, there's a little Toyota truck with a cab on it. Go back there and lay there, you know? So I'm laying in the trunk. And the whole day I'm just talking to women on the set. Hi, hi. I was single at the time. I wasn't really looking. I was going through a divorce. I was confused. And this little older woman gets in the thing with me. Kind of cute, hippie. Why older? What did you mean? How old was she? I was, if I was 20, if I was 30, she was 40. Right. You know, a little older. That's it. Right. And, uh, How old were you? I was probably 30. Yeah. You know, and, and I get in the trunk in the back, and she gets back there, and she's like, I'm tired, too. And all of a sudden, we start playing handsies, and we're hugging. Next thing you know, we're kissing. And next thing you know, I'm feeling her pussy, and we're getting naked in the thing. And, and it's dark back there. So I flip her over on the belly button. And the thing was, she had her pussy pierced. But she had it pierced with, like, wind chimes. <laughs> like, there were chains on her fucking clit. I had never seen this before. I think she was a Buddhist. She was a Buddhist or something. She was a, ha a hippie chick. What? Like, well, how long? Like an inch off a little <laughs> pussy, yeah. Like it looked like a little. Yeah, they were going uh, ding, 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 ding. Yeah, like they were like a string. That? It was fucking crazy. What? So I don't know what I'm doing. It's dark, and I just put it in there. And she's moaning. And I'm just plugging away, and I shoot my load, and I fucking lay down and go to bed. Right. And I go in, I shoot the movie. Nothing was said, and I go home. And the next day, you know, my usual routine. I go to Mike's at like one to see what he's doing, and everybody in the house is giving me the fucking silent treatment, like I killed Kennedy. And then Mike comes over to me and goes, come on, let's take a ride in the car. He says to me, listen, you're not allowed in the house no more because last night you fucked that lady in the ass and to boot you <laughs> oh, gave her chlamydia and she told my wife, you know, she told his wife. So okay. here's Mike, is my buddy and I'm not allowed in this house no more because I fucked his wife's best friend and, and it, it would have been fine. I didn't know it was her ass. I just put it in there and she, the next day she claimed chlamydia, that she had chlamydia and all this shit. She had this leakage out of her pussy and her ass. I, I never even had chlamydia, you know. I, I went and got checked out. I didn't even have chlamydia. But that was like one of the early fucking great stories of me and Mike Kessler. You know, like, the, and Mike laughed about it. Mike never laid right. judgment on it at all. Me and Mike have had a thousand of these stories. And then in 95... I'm sorry, Jay. I'm still trying to process this story. Anyway, so... You have, you have no, no idea. idea how much torture... I went. He, he went got through nothing. Then Mike He's got me. The one got, he got so, laid. But was it really like an accident? Like it was an accident. It really? was. An, yeah, it was an accident. I don't know. Did she say? Didn't she say No, it was one of these things asshole? where you, it was one of these things where you fuck somebody and the next day they, they don't want to be fucked no more. It was one of those deals. She realized she made a mistake. She thought I was going to tell Mike, so she told the wife before I got to Mike. It was one right. of those deals. Nobody gave a chlamydia. Nobody did nothing. She was a willing participant. You know what I'm right. saying? She was a willing fucking participant. And that was just the beginning. I went to New York and came but back. But she never said no, right? No! Yeah. She never said fucking no. Right. You know, I'm not a rapist. I'm not into that no, shit. But you, you know gotta what I'm beware of women that. Yeah, no. Look, if a woman pierces her clit, you know, not stable. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I didn't know this Unless at the time. Unless she's on stage trying to pierce her clit. Listen, bolder women, say, listen, there's women, there's, California, there's LA women, and there's bolder women. Bolder women are a complete different fucking thing. 
they won't suck your dick or you can't come in their mouth because it's got iron in your sperm and it hurts the ozone layer. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> in Boulder, there's always something to do with the ozone. You can't fuck in the ass and come on my chest because it'll put a hole in the ozone layer. That's Boulder. There's a thousand. There's a, there's a girl that was in Boulder I dated that was at fucking 12. She looked like Mariah Carey. I went to karate with her. I used to love to fuck her and stuff, but there was one problem. She didn't wear underarm deodorant. It smelled like death when you would hold her. Your arms would smell like death. Either, right? It was like playing basketball in East Orange when you were a kid. <laughs> and the people would get armpit on your shoulder and you yeah. couldn't get it off for fucking three days. Yeah. That's how bad it was. So women in Boulder are a little fucking crazy. You got to remember this stuff. I didn't rape her or nothing. I just fucked right. her and then... Well, did she, you know, did she I shave mean, her armpits? That's a crazy, I don't remember. That's a crazy story. That's foreplay. When you're fucking them from behind, you pull that little armpit hair. And both those little hippie chicks love that shit. Pull, Joey. Pull, pull. my armpit hair. Pull. Pull my armpit hair, you dirty little Patty Smythe lookalike bitch. Before I met Mike, I sold cars, so we wanted to work together, so he got me a job at an accurate place. You actually had to, I remember all of a sudden you went, I gotta get a job. I gotta get a job. I was <laughs> in the halfway house, I had to get a fucking job, you know? So I got this job, and like the first three days, I sold like three cars, and it was great. And then the, the manager right, it was, was... so It was so happy. The okay. manager was very white bread. He wanted you to make nice calls in the morning, and one day, I'll never forget, the guy comes up on me when I'm getting my divorce. It was like the first week, and I'm angry. And he's telling me all this shit. And I look at the guy without saying nothing. And I go, Jeff, what if I put you through that glass fucking plate glass right now? Do me a favor. Get the fuck away from me. I'll never forget the look on him. I was kind of really crazy then. I was going, when I first got separated, Felicia, I was really? fucking no, nuts. I, can imagine. I was nuts. You know how it is. You yeah, just, yeah, yeah, you know, they don't want to give you the baby because you have dust on the floor. Right. You know, it was a thousand and one fucking stories. You know what I'm saying? But, There's uh, like 75 people working in this building, and when this was going on, all of a sudden, and I'm on the other side of the building, and all of a sudden somebody comes up, Mike, Mike, you got to come. There's, there's a problem with Joey. I go, what? He was doing fine. He just sold three fucking cars in three days. He's a rock star, you know? And I go, run the other side. And there's this manager, and he's just in a, he's just like, you know, he, well, if you ever see this, he was, he was a scary son of a bitch. And, that was a long time ago. And that was funny. But, you know, you're cool. I just went over and go, uh, not here. No, Not here, no. no let's go. Come on, let's get out of here. And they let me go, but then... No, yeah, but that, was the end. that was the end of his career. <laughs> that was, that was the end of my... Do us a favor. Don't bring us any more cars. No, they even gave me money to leave. They were yeah, like, you right, can leave right now. We'll give you a check. <laughs> and then, Drive this car away. Yeah, and it was a Subaru Acura place. So one night, I'm really broken. I'm like, Mike, I, I could use some money. I haven't paid rent. He says to me, listen, the spiff box at the Subaru thing always has money on Saturday, on Friday nights. They take the money out of the bank on Friday and put it in there on I Friday night. I think you went like, where's the spiff box? Where's the spiff box? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, where's the spiff box? It's, it's in the Sorry. closet. I said, it's in the closet. Why? He goes, That's all, that was it. I'm That's saying, all I needed to know. That's all I needed to know. <laughs> $400, that was my okay. rent. No, he doesn't, yeah. oh, you got to understand. He don't say a word to me. He doesn't, he's not a caper. The next day, I cut, there was a Friday night. Right. The Friday. next day, I come to work, and the, and there's a you, you know how people you know you go to a car showroom, and they uh, and there's always, and a little kid goes, how do you get the cars in here? You ever see that? Because right. that's it's a logical question, especially for I've had adults ask me the question. And uh, the door, the way you get them out is there's a big door. You take the big door, and the big door swings open. So we come in there. The big door to the Acura showroom is propped up against the wall. You didn't nobody just. <laughs> He did. He he took. He couldn't get it off. He, he at, took the fucking door. This door is huge. Right. Gotta, it's a door you drive a car through. And he brings the door. And he brings the door. And the door. And he, he hangs it out there. And it's over there. And I'm going like, wow. And all of a sudden, somebody goes and opens the office. And they go, 
Somebody broke into this fifth. It wasn't a safe. It was a closet with a bag in it. Right. Somebody stole it, and I'm going like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Did now, you know right away? Of course I did. <laughs> <laughs> I called him, I like, within 10 minutes. Yeah. And also, I called him. He's like, hello. And I'm like, Mike, do they know? And he's like, you motherfucker. <laughs> so now, oh, meanwhile, no. he just, you know, he, he just <laughs> got out of he just got out of prison, right? So, no, I mean, I know. you know, I'm going no, 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 on. By the way, it was, what was it, a couple hundred bucks or something? 400 dollars. Oh, my God, Joey. I was an uh, open mic comic. I needed money, man. Don't feel big. There's so much money. In those days, money was being thrown around like. But tell them what happened. Who'd they blame it on? Okay, so. <laughs> they, they blame, blame it on, us. They huh? blame it on Dave Means. Dave, my brother, sorry you took the hit, but that's all right. Nothing ever happened. Did he uh, go to jail? No, 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 no. Oh, actually, actually. He went to jail He went to jail for something else. No, he was a mess. Crazy. No, he, uh, they blamed on him because he was a mess. I think yeah. he, he went to jail. He beat he went, cops somewhere. Yeah, he did. He was crazy. He's I used crazy. to buy he, coke from his mother. Wow. <laughs> 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 you know, when I buy coke from your mother, you got fucking problems. The reason why I have Mike on the show today is just to give the show a different flavor and just to give yeah. people yeah. the <laughs> idea that I wasn't flavor. fucking around all those years. Right. I don't want people to think this is this is a guy that really fucking my next thing is to get a guy from North Bergen, this motherfucker, to really talk about the dirty, dirty <laughs> North Bergen. This is just a lot. Then Mike moved to LA. I got a call one day. I'm here in '98. And I got a call from Mike one day that he's moving to L.A. with his daughter and wife. They're going to start a whole new thing here. The first night, we took him to a Christmas party down at Mount Marabella with Jeff Gettlin and his wife. Remember, we went down there. So now um, Mike had become my little partner of crime out here. So every night about 8 o'clock, Mike would come to the comedy store with me. We'd, and then our main thing, we were both broke as shit. And our main, by the way, Mike drove me to the audition when I got Spider-Man 2. Mike has always been there for me. He's driven me to all these places. But it's so weird. At night, we would get together, and our plot was, how are we going to get money to get a package before we go home? Right. That was our whole thing. So every night, he picked me up like 5 to 8. We'd try to get a package from our boy or somebody else. The main thing was getting $40. Like, let's get $40, and we can get a package, and at least everything will be happy. No, and he always one, got it. He, and we he always got it at the store. Always, we always get it at the store or up front or this guy, or we did a gig. I mean, I don't know. He knows all the comedians I hang out with, from Felipe Sparza to Jeff Garcia. What do they call you? The Wolf. Wolf. They call him The Wolf, the <laughs> yeah, guy from Pulp Fiction. I don't know how I got come, the name. Put, you Felipe. come to clean up the joint, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> the Wolf. So, uh, <laughs> no, so, well, Eddie, Eddie, I remember Eddie Griffin one time sitting in the back, and he's just sitting we're in the back of the air, and we're, uh, we're, you know, we're smoking in the back, and he goes, he looks at me, and he, and he goes, you scare me. We used to have some good times at the store, but it's a Mike was married for a long, long time. This is one of the to a wonderful mm -hmm. woman, she's a saint. Listen, Mike, I have stories, but Mike has just as many stories, but this is one of the classic ones that we'll never forget. So we're going out every night, we're doing a couple bumps, but the whole time Mike is hiding it from his wife. Mike's been hiding it, like we all do. I was hiding it from my girlfriend at the time, Mike's hiding it from his wife. So one night Mike goes to bed, he leaves the straw in his fucking pocket. <laughs> Right. So the next day, Mike calls me. He goes, it's over. Me and Ellie are breaking up. I go, why? He goes, she found the straw in my pocket. It was the straw that broke the camel's back. <laughs> and we just, we just been laughing about that. For, and that's for, Mike. For, He's got the best sense of humor in the world. For two years, he was calling me Mikey Straws. Mikey Straws. That's the man. The house is straw. Hey, I mean, ladies and gentlemen, I just want you to know, right off the bat, sometimes I do podcasts with certain people. I live in L.A. When I talk about Mike Kessler, this is the real fucking deal, ladies and gentlemen. This is not some guy that's trying to be cool and hang out with young guys with a bandana on. 
Mike is Mike. <laughs> Mike is always going to be Mike, and that's why he was my best man at my wedding. I could have had people here from Jersey. This is my life. This guy's been running me for 20 years, and he knows all the intimate little fucking secrets between me and my wife. I mean, anyway, Mike, how long did we... We were on a tear for years, and I stopped doing blow, that's and right. now we just see each other and we smoke dope. That's it. That's it. That's and it. Exercise. Now we're just dope buddies and exercise. Right. Now we dope, really look after each other. The only dope is dopamine. That's it. We, we're tight friends. Dude, go to and, gym every day. And it's weird that he stuck it out with me all yeah. these years. Like, after you tell somebody you, you, you got arrested for kidnapping, that's where the conversation ends. Either they're your friend or not. Right. He became more my friend for that. And I give him the utmost respect. He's never judged me. He knows all my stealing stories. I mean, there's a thousand of them when I work to fucking whatever and I rob the two grand out of the trunk of the car. He knows all of them. And this is who I am and this is how it is sometimes. Right. And yeah. If you can't take a joke, take a shell. That's why either you like me or you don't like me and I understand. Growing up in Brooklyn, it was always like a junior high school and high school and it was always one in the neighborhood Skanks, skeeves, we used to call that for some reason, and I met two of them, never got to do it, where they would just, guys would line up. I was in a hallway one time. I told you. On 20th Avenue in Bensonhurst. Bensonhurst, great neighborhood, you know? It's like, uh, you know, uh, Gary Goldberg, Sandy Koufax, and Sammy DeBull Gravano come from the same neighborhood. And uh, they were, I remember this one time, they were, I'm stand, and I'm on the stairs, and I'm like maybe 13, 14, and I, I had never been late. You know, I didn't, even, I didn't even know if I was going to know what to do. But everybody's waiting in line to do this one chick. And after about, I don't know how long it was, and somebody's going, hurry up, come on. And there's a bunch of them going like, this isn't a good idea. This is this. Does. And by the way, it wasn't violent or anything like that. No, it was just. There's always she neighborhood was, freak. She bro. was volunteering and for all this. And it was like, and I guess she felt the need to do that and be very popular. Of course, there was, you know, she was ostracized at school. And. You know, and everybody would fuck, because everybody would tell everybody. And then, not like that. 13, what do you fucking expect? That would be exponential, because everybody would lie about it, you know. Right. You know, and then, uh, but, but yeah, it happened. And it isn't like, uh, and no, I didn't, I wouldn't have the stomach to participate in that, you know. You know what's crazy? I don't like sharing. I Every, you can go to a, you go to a kid right now. You go to a man and say, hey, what's the history of George Washington? They won't remember. But go to a guy and say, when was the first time you sucked a tip? And they'll tell you the chick's name, her social, date of birth. You know, how many teeth she had in her mouth. I still remember in the second grade in New York City, PS-166, that, another bond of mine. Mike knows that neighborhood. Mike's daughter went to PS-166, the younger one, across from the horse stable there on West Side, on West oh, End. On the West Side, yeah, We yeah, both yeah, went yeah, to that yeah. school. I still remember yeah, the playground. There was a girl, Debbie Dominguez. She had 20 Puerto Rican brothers that would all kill you. And she would take, remember the small 45s? <laughs> yeah. She would take the 45s, put them on her chest, and make her nipple pop out of the hole, and you give her a quarter. In the second grade! I still remember her name. Seeing right. that little nipple, my face getting all red and shit. Right. And it takes all crazy. Place. Sexuality takes different. Sexuality. No, no, it, I totally agree with you. I don't have a judgment against that. It's just, uh, you know, when you're, when you're that young, you know, when yeah. you're that young. And uh, I can't sit here and laugh about it. I mean, I love your it's, stories, uh, and, and I don't judge you on it because it's a different, it was a different time and place and how you guys grew up and what 
time frame that was. That's not for me to judge, but uh, it's a uh, you know it's hard to. It's the girl to, that we grabbed her titties it. and shit. Yeah. I think it sounds a lot worse than what it was. Because okay. if it was that bad, she would have called nine one. By the way, she wasn't grew that up to bad. Become, she Bunch grew, of little kids. She put it out there. Yeah. What does she do now? She, she put it out she's there. A, she's she put, a successful lobbyist in Washington. <laughs> yeah. You know. Are you serious? Uh, no, I have no. Everybody remembers their first hand job. I mean, I know people are like, you weren't there that night. She gave us all hand jobs. Like, I remember being a kid and going home and like, you should have came back. That chick gave us six hand jobs. Are you fucking kidding me? She gave a hand job. There's problems and and there's nothing you can do with kids like that. Because when I grew up, I was friends with these uh, sisters, Tammy and Sarah. And Sarah was that girl. And so I think for me, it's hard to hear uh, those kind of stories because. I knew Sarah, and I knew why she was behaving like that. Why was she behaving like that? Because it was something sad at home. Yeah, it was a bad family dynamic, and that was the only way she could get attention. But, but it it affected her later on in life. Everything affects you when you're a kid. It's it's for me. It's hard to hear because I understand. I understand. uh, what, what that stems from, and yeah, it's you know, you, you know, yeah, that's a. You know, we were 12, 11, no, some know, chicks out there playing around. That's all it was. Actually, Listen, there's finished. fucking freaks in every neighborhood, yeah. and you gotta accept that. And you put yourself out there, and stories are gonna come. Right. I had a girl marathon woman that sucked 24 fucking dicks one night when I was a sophomore. I wasn't there. That chick had to transfer fucking schools. You know what I'm saying? Right. Nobody tried to rape her. We weren't born with those guys. Right. She was sucking dick. You're going to stand on line. That's how guys are. You know, I don't want some chick sucking my dick after she sucks 20 dicks. You know, and you, you know. What about I don't, if you were number three or four? Maybe. You know what I'm saying? I have to lick my balls, do something fucking different. You know, you know what I'm saying? You know, self-esteem, man. That's, that's a, we're not getting serious, but, you know, I'm looking at, like, and I catch these reality shows like Snooki and uh, Jersey something. I can't well, There was a Snooki on my block. Snooki was in. She looked just like that. But she didn't do that. Her father would have killed her. Oh, but right. the point is, is, is like, uh, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, attention and, and the lack of self-esteem. So therefore, you're going to push your tits up. You're going to stay out. You're going to sleep. Why do you think I was house. robbing people when I was 13? It was lack no, of self-fucking esteem. Oh, absolutely. It was lack of self-esteem. Yeah. Oh, you never, you never tell. You never hear a story about there was a guy in my neighborhood that would let you squeeze his dick or squeeze his nipples. <laughs> if there was, you would have been squeezing his dick. You're a little freak too. If some guy, when you were 12, when he was 14, he took out that big black fucking dick and stood there at attention and let you squeeze it, you would have fucking squeezed it too, Felicia. So please, enough. You know what I'm saying? It, when, what happens when you're 12 happens. You just never, there's never no guys that take their dicks out and chicks touch them because at 12, chicks don't want to touch a dick. They don't want to really touch or grab a dick till about their 18 unless there's mitigating factors agree. at the house. What's that? that? Well, no, no. How old were you when you wanted to grab a fucking dick? How old were you like, the first uh, time you grabbed a guy's dick? The first time I grabbed a guy's dick. Oh, my God. Uh, I put it in your hand. I'll tell you what. I'll you tell you about the first time I caressed a guy's dick. How old were you? How old were you? I love women. God bless uh, you. How old were you the first time you grabbed a guy's dick? I was probably uh, 13 or 14. And it affected but, you the rest then, of your life. No, but Joey, but I did it. In the bushes, like next to an abandoned car behind an apartment building with this little boy that I really, really liked. I didn't let a group of boys circle me or I didn't put myself in that position or I didn't find myself in that position, you know, where that happened. So that's that's what I'm saying. But look, it affected you because now you hold a dick with meaning. Now no, you, it affected me because no, it didn't affect me. I'm that I'm not talking about that affecting. Now me. you're a good cock holder. When you hold yeah. the guy's cock, he says to you, "You know what, Felicia? You hold my cock the right way." How did you learn? Because I've been holding fucking Look, cocks since I was thirteen. If I'm holding a guy's Jeez, cock dude. and he's completing that big of a sentence, apparently I'm not holding a guy's cock. You're not doing cock the right job. Right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. 
So, all right. No, that, that, I, we, it's, we agree uh, to disagree on this. No, it's a great, this is a great thing today. This, this is a Christmas, great, this, this is a, this this is a, a Christmas show. <laughs> this is a real fucking Christmas show, all right? And if we can sing about fucking, you know, Merry Christmas and the 12 days of Christmas, do me a favor, go fuck yourself. In this podcast, we talk about reality even on fucking Christmas, all right? We're squeezing chicks' titties. Who needs a mistletoe? You know yeah, what I'm saying? The difference between men and women is grabbing a dick and caressing a dick. I have three friends. I don't know what it is. They love to get behind a bus and stay there on sunset. <laughs> Mike, John Westling, and Ralphie May. They get behind a bus. John Westling could be in his house. He'll see a bus go by and he'll get in his car just to follow the fucking bus so he could do 10. What the fuck is wrong with you? Get around the fucking bus, cocksucker. We got shit to do with people to see. You know what I'm saying? It's life is ticking. You're behind a bus. Like, I got to sm smell these exhaust fumes and that shit. That is funny. You know, uh, uh, speaking of cocksucker, we were talking yesterday because I have this friend and uh, we're talking about like, how do you pitch a show like this? Like, what's the purpose of the show? And uh, and I came up with the idea, like, this show is like uh, Dr. Phil for cocksuckers. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. Dr. Phil for cocksuckers. That's how we pitch yeah, this we got show. Lots of He's such a fucking fake, Dr. Phil. I've been watching that whole celebrity rehab because I'm interested in rehab. I want to see what people That's go through. That's a different doctor, but it's the same thing. Celebrity rehab is. But it's so weird because they pay you a hundred thousand dollars. And hundred thousand. And nobody wants to give up. And nobody wants to leave because they know if I stay here for two weeks and sweat it out, I got a big party to go to. Nobody's got. Nobody has gotten sober on that fucking show. And yeah, they're celebrities or whatever, but they all did it for a hundred thousand dollars. It's like me coming first. No, you get the check afterward. But oh, it's like me coming shit. to you and saying, "I'm." A... What about if you don't get clean? Do you still get the check? Yeah, as long as you make the show. Oh really? Hey, they gave you hundred grand for Celebrity Fat Fucking Club. They give you money for those things. That's why all those people gain the weight. What can I get on? Like a well, stop cocksucking show. Like you have to sit in the house for two weeks and not suck a cock and walk around and pace and smoke I cigarettes. I can go for two weeks without sucking cock. Shit, not in your best fucking oh, week. Oh, yes, I can. By I was married for five years with Please, you'll be please. sucking lolly and you can't have no lollipops. You can't suck your thumb. You can't do nothing. You'll be walking around that house like Eric Roberts five is walking around the house stuttering to himself and shit. <laughs> I can't suck a cock. What type of entertainment oh, is this dude, shit? You know what I'm saying? Right. Celebrity rehab. But think about it. They pay you a hundred grand. That's why Rochelle Tinkerton left and came back. Her agent was like, "Bitch, you want to make those titties bigger?" And she's like, "You're right. Let me go get my hundred grand. Let me go get my paper." People just go and they got Leaf Garrett in there. That guy's been doing drugs since he was ten. He's in no danger of fucking stopping. I've seen him on Sunset. One night I was in front of him. What's and now you, gave him a hundred, now you gave him a hundred, and then they gave him a hundred grand. Then what they give him a hundred grand. They give you a hundred grand right. when you leave there. So what's Spin the? Dry him for two then weeks, they, they go crazy, and then they call Doctor Phil again from fucking Pink Dot. Oh, I'm a Pink Dot. Come get me. They won't sell me a bottle of vodka. Uh, uh, I was at Pink. You know after the, you know after the comedy store Tom you go to Pink Dot. See the one with Tom Sight. He, but he got cleaned up. He's clean. He's working. Yeah, he's working. I love that guy. I mean, he's working. Tom Sizemore, you. Tom Sizemore, you're an animal on screen. What well, night? you know what? At uh, least uh, here's the thing. You know, you you don't know. Maybe those people do have some small intention that they're harboring to hopefully get sober. They probably See? do. Everybody get knows. the fuck out of here! A hundred grand for two weeks. Uh, but but some of them, yeah, you can't say that. Nah, for did you see Tom Sizemore? No looked at he he looked like. I don't want to Listen, they put him in there, they put him in there, and Tom Sizemore really worked the program. I mean, this is a guy that was making millions of dollars. Was he on Celebrity Rehab? Yeah, he oh, went so in there. Oh, so he did it. See, there are people that it works for. Look, maybe that's, you know, who knows what people have to do to look, get clean. Look, it's, uh, I mean, that's, that's, everyone has a different, uh, 
Yeah, that's the point. Situation so you take and a, a way shot. to get out of it, Joey. Just like your situation was unique to you, and uh, if people need to go in there, and, and even if they fail miserably, even if it's maybe a little bit of a flawed idea, the point is, you know, people. Not everyone goes on there to get the money and to continue partying. You know, you it's, can't say it's that. Like, that's you know not what, fair. though? Listen, really? Why the fucking four seasons? <laughs> only one person has gotten clean, and it was because somebody told him. Well, Mike, well, you, well, maybe you, that's just an you, indication of how hard Mike, it is to get clean. You were getting you three quarters. Well, well, you know? Listen, hold on one second. It's like these fucking momos that go to prison. And you go to jail. See, I see right through that shit. You go to jail, and all of a sudden, two months in jail, they discover fucking Christ. And Jesus, God bless you, and all this shit. As they're walking out of the jail, the Bible goes up in the fucking air and there's no more Jesus and there's nothing. I've been Except down that road few. before. I understand that road. There was and I'm Malcolm. a cynic about it because I've seen it. And those celebrity, you can't talk me out of this. Those celebrity rehab people, four or five seasons, one of them is clean. One of them. Even the fat hooker that they got into ballet is sucking dick again and doing pills. The porno girl. Know, but Joey, but, but that's just an indication, like, how fucking hard it is to turn your life around. And... And uh, you're lucky that you were able to do it. Every and, you know, and I know I have a lot of friends that were able to do it, but I have a lot of friends, or I've known a lot of people that weren't able. Years to ago, do it. years Amen. ago, years you know? ago, years ago, I was trying to get a fat show. About five years ago, I was trying to put together a fat show with Damon. I remember. And I was doing it for the money. And I remember prepping for it. I was eating with three hands, eating like eating. And I was like, How am I going to stop this? You know, a hundred grand, whatever they're going to give me. How am I going to do this? And then I went home, and I don't know what happened. I decided, you know what? I need to lose weight. And I went to Weight Watchers, and nobody paid me. No, I remember, and I also remember. You understand me? I also remember you when, know, uh, when, I, when I did and the I coke was... and shit like that, Jim Kellum wanted to put me into celebrity rehab. I talked to him about it. He called down there. And between me and you, Rogan was going to put together a show, like a celebrity rehab with me. And between me and you, I still would have been snoring. Yeah. Because I wasn't ready. When you're ready in your heart, you're ready. 100,000 isn't going to change you. But, but, you know, maybe people, that's, yeah, but, the first, that's the first yeah. step that they had to Hysterical. Make. You know what you the know. kid said the other day? There's a kid on the show. Right now, there's a kid on the show that looks like uh, Colin Farrell. Very good looking. He's a reality show star. And once Janice Dickerson was on there, Janice, yeah. the model, and uh, uh, somebody's mother, and they were arguing. And this is exactly what the kid said. Me and Terry looked at each other and we started howling. The kid goes, I've been in eight rehabs. I've never seen anything like this. Eight rehabs. Right. Eight. Eight. Sometimes it's eight rehabs. Really, Felicia? Sometimes. Really, Felicia? Eight fucking rehabs. Yeah. Felicia, I went to one rehab in 1988. Uh, That's because I came back positive for you. three times from cocaine, from touching, and I was clean. I'm sure they were good. Here's the thing I came up. back positive from touching it. And I was clean. I went to a rehab on the corner of Canyon <laughs> called like Infinity House. It yeah, was from it was 2 to 6 in the evening. 2 to 6. That's a good place to go to cop drugs. You follow me? It was just, and that's what I did. I went to like sell drugs, cop drugs, and get my dick sucked. Yeah, Patrice Twining was in the halfway house. You understand me? I wasn't ready for it. But my point being, after that rehab, I yeah. knew that I wasn't ready. I didn't keep wasting people's time yeah. by going to fucking rehab. I knew I wasn't ready. But you know what? Listen, you, you know what? You know, she's right. She's absolutely right. Listen, sometimes. Everybody has their own monkey. You know? What are you in the mood to fucking argue today? You're in the mood. No, you're you're like playing the fucking socialist <laughs> government today. You know these fucking actors. You know that they're 99% full of shit. They do everything for the camera. Now you're putting them in a fake fucking rehab with 100000 at the end. Give them 100000 at the end of the year for not doing drugs. That's the that's the gift prize. Right, but don't that, pay them all 100 sense. fucking absolutely grand, guy. Come on. Sense. You're that not seeing sense. what I'm saying or I'm not explaining. 
explaining it fucking right. Or that you just First of all, it that, right you know then. something? You're also you right. Let me tell you something. That rehab, that's not a real rehab, okay? That's where they go. I don't want to go here. They the real rehab, here. they tell you what the fuck And they have a camera on for, for actors, yeah, which right. means an actor is but, acting. But, but which me, means an actor is acting. What about Robert Downey Jr. that went to a lot of rehabs? But he didn't do it in front of But you know what? Clean them. I talked to Robert Downey Jr. He just realized it. You're going to realize that it's a downhill fucking battle. But that's what I'm saying. I'm doing Maybe this every day. I'm what I'm saying rehab. is that rehab enough. isn't the enough answer all the it. fucking time. People have to realize in their heart okay. before they go to that fucking rehab. On a thousand, ain't going to do nothing. I went to prison, got scared straight, and I did crime eight years after fucking prison. I decided to stop doing crime on my own. Not because they threatened whatever on me. Listen, I had a baby in the room fucking crying. I had my wife in the other room. I was in a halfway house, and I had a half ounce of coke snorting it. And I didn't care about the baby. I didn't care about going back to jail. When you're doing something, you're doing it, Felicia. You know this better than anybody. You Don't do what the fuck you want to do. Nobody is going to rehab for 100 grand. That ain't going to fucking help nobody. Cut it out, Felicia. Cut it out, cocksucker. Uh, rehab does a lot of good for a lot of people. And yeah, you're right. You it makes what? you meet you more know, fucking connections. You know, most people that go through, certainly people that go through the first time, fail at an incredibly high rate. But every once in a while, somebody makes it. Yeah. And, then and I cheer for those people. And I'm in your fucking corner. I'm in your corner. That's, listen, Joey, yeah. I'm if just it, saying you can't. Let's uh, put you in the rehab for 30 days, and if you make it, then you get the grand prize of 100000 I'm just saying you can't. Not, everyone has a different formula. And if, and if people are does. trying, and maybe they need to fail foolishly in front of the public because they're public people uh, and maybe that's what they have to do, then let them do it. As long as, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to make a judgment on it. And you absolutely see it from a uh, way more realistic point I of view. I see it from the other angle. Oh, yeah, I see absolutely. it from the other fucking angle. I walk absolutely. those steps. Yeah. You can't judge a man until you walk his fucking steps. There they are. Right. Don't come to me with no fucking story, guy. Don't even think of coming to me with a fucking story. Yeah. Don't even think. Because I don't play it. When you come to me in honesty... Right. When you come to me in honesty, I'm going to tell you a very interesting story about stand-up that's going on right now. I got a call yesterday that Carlos Mencia, and we'll talk about this. I, I don't, it's not for me, but I'll tell you the story. Uh, Carlos Mencia, I got a call yesterday, he's, in, he's quitting stand-up. He wants to quit stand-up, and he's in psychotherapy. He can't believe what happened and everything. Let's go back to seven years ago at the Laugh Factory on Latino Night. I'll say it on the podcast. I don't like Carlos at all. Not because of the joke thief or whatever. I don't give a fuck about that. Write another joke, bitch. I just don't like him. When I don't like people, I don't like him. I had talked to him. He came up to me one night and was telling me, he goes, what's the problem with Joe Rogan? This is three years before the Joe Rogan thing started. I took him outside like a man, talked to him for an hour. And I said to him, bro, you have a show on Comedy Central. You have a forum. Go on that fucking forum and say, I stole jokes 10 years ago. They have nowhere to go. Rogan would have never existed. After the hour of me talking to him, the way I'm talking to you, looking in your eyes man to man, not with a camera, not being a comic, just being a man, I talked to him. I said, bro, this is what you need to do. Well, what is he? He wants to beat me up, and everybody wants to beat me up. You stole that jokes, dog. At the end of the hour conversation, I said to him, so next time you take the Comedy Central show, do this. Just go on there with a smile on your face saying, I stole jokes. He looked at me and goes, but I didn't steal jokes. I shook his hand. I never talked to Carlos again because he never could come through, through with it. So now they're like, he's in psychotherapy. He's all this shit. I don't give a Frenchman's fuck. Fuck him. Stab yourself in the face if you're unhappy. I came to you like a man and told you what to do 10 years ago. Just put it out there because then they got nowhere to Where go. Where did you hear this, that he's quitting stand-up? A friend of mine called uh -huh. me, you know. 
I mean, it don't matter. He's going to quit for three years, and he could still get an HBO special. Like, they give all these old fucks on HBO that aren't funny. They give him an HBO special. Carlos ain't going nowhere, and I wish him all luck in the world. Believe it or not, whether he steals or not, he's a very funny comic, and he's a tremendous performer. Tremendous. I opened for Carlos in 94, and he already had, he was getting five grand a fucking night. Tremendous performer, whether he stole jokes or not. The point of the story is, I knew, the, I knew what direction this was going to go. Now! If he would have said that, that night Joe Rogan went on the stage at the cameras, all he would have had to say to Rogan is, I said it on my show. Where's your show, bitch? And Rogan would have looked bad. Rogan would have looked like he was jealous. It would have looked bad. All from him just saying the truth. But now he lives with this pain in his heart because the comics turned their backs on him. Go fuck your mother up the ass. That's what you get for not putting it out there. Don't come to me with some bullshit story. I told you the story 10 years ago to do this. That's it. I, I know the walk, Felicia. I've been there. I know the walk. I know the words people say. You don't have to say much. It's your actions, dog. You want to get clean and sober, you get clean and sober. Don't show up with an AA book at a bar, you know, let people know you're clean. That's bullshit. That don't work for me. That don't work for me. You got to be honest. Were you so bright or anything else in life? I sit here every week with you and tell you about criminal stories I did and drugs I did. I don't give a fuck. I did them. I'm responsible. I'm responsible. Not because my mommy didn't talk to me when I was three. Mommy wasn't there when I was 30, snorting coke in a room, kidnapping somebody. Was mommy there? So what are you talking about? The fuck are you coming to me with this shit? You know what you did. Let's clean it up and let's make it better. If you can't do that, we have nothing to talk about, Felicia. Not you and me, but no, I know as a human being, yeah, yeah. what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Pain. We all have pain. We all have suffering. You control it. You control it. That, that's the bottom no, fucking but, line. But, Joy, that, that, I agree with everything you're fucking saying, but what, I, what I'm saying to you is not everybody uh, has a, is, was fortunate enough to be... What fucking fortunate? No, I did time. I slept on the floor next to dog shit. No, I slept saying, in a car on sunset. Not, what fortunes are you talking? To me. You're not listening no, to No, I understand. Me. I'm saying fortunate enough to be able to... to to withstand all that and stand on their feet. Some people just can't do it. I'm not talking about you come from a good family or bad family or poor circumstances. I'm saying like my brother and myself. Like for me, my brother uh, had issues and was drinking and was, you know, basically living off the streets towards the end of his life. He didn't have the wherewithal to stand up and change it due to mental illness. Right, due right, right. To There's illnesses. Kind of That's problems. a complete different but, fucking but story. Well, it is, is an illness. The whole but thing. I'm if saying people is are fucking, that, that, fucking that, themselves up every day, uh, which I've that's done. You're, you know? That you're lucky that you, that you went through all that shit, number one, and you survived, but that you're lucky that one day you had the, the balls to stand up and say, this stops. And you, saying the balls is not even the right word. But some people just aren't. The strength. The strength. The strength. Some people the just aren't capable do of, of doing done. that. Or maybe they are going to do it later. But maybe they got a, their way of failing, like your way of failing at the time was all the petty crime trying to defeat it. But maybe their fucked up mental failings are that it's narcissism plus uh, addiction. And, and if they need to go on those shows, to fucking be the second stone of the 36 stones they need to walk across, then that's, then I'm saying, you know, let them do what they do. You're absolutely right. They shouldn't give the money whether they have, you know, are clean or not clean. You, they should do it 30 days after. I totally agree, but I'm not a professional. Everyone's different. Like, you know, I don't watch those shows. Uh, they make me uncomfortable. I'm happy that Tom Sizemore got clean. Everyone has their different A different thing. story. And I just know for myself, because of what happened to my brother, 
Look, sometimes you fucking get the genetic uh, well, lucky uh, ticket, and you can fucking stand on your feet. And sometimes you 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 just can't fucking do it because you're bipolar or because you're mentally ill. There's more stuff going on there than just addiction. I sit here every week with you, and I sit there uh, and I look <laughs> on Facebook and whatever, and, right. and, and we get great Gmails, you know. Oh, absolutely. And one thing I want to tell everybody who listens to this show and you, and this is how I feel in my heart. I'm a fucking loser. I'm a loser. Okay, I'm a loser. We sit here, we do this podcast, I crack jokes on stage. I'm a loser. There's no two ways of looking at it. I quit smoke. I quit doing drugs when I was in my 40s. You know, I, I just got my shit together. And I don't talk, I don't sit here and talk about politics. You know, I fucked up when I talked about Prop 19. I didn't really assert it right. There's things I don't talk about here. I don't talk about the shit Rogan talks about with the space transformers and the planets. I'm not going to sit here and talk about politics. I'm not going to sit here and talk about health. I don't know about these things. I do know about what it is in your life to be a loser because that's what I am, a professional fucking loser. And I know that the steps I took. So when I sit here and I say, I talk about things that I know. I don't talk about out of place things. I never do. I've never been one of those people that's going to get into a conversation just to be cool or, oh my God, I read this article about Van Gogh. Van Gogh could suck my dick with this one fucking ear. I don't give a fuck. I'm talking about life here. And when I talk to you about life and shit like that, when I talk to you about these subjects, it's because I know them. I've walked down these steps. But I tell these people who listen to the show, I'm telling you guys, I'm a loser. And that's, but I know about these subjects because I, I walk, I lived them. I, I know what it is but to Joey, sleep in a car. But Joey, then that's your own monkey because here's the thing. I don't think you're a loser. And I know a lot of people that don't think you're a loser. And matter of fact, no, you're my you're hero. So well, you're my hero. But in, in my reality, in my real <laughs> reality, talk, I did drugs till I was 40 know, fucking three that, years old. That doesn't mean that. So you quit when you were It taught were me. Kid. It took me 30 years to quit. Who the fuck do you think you're talking to? It took me 30 yeah, years. But, but, Every time I ended a f- fucking gram, I said, this but is the last time. that doesn't make you a loser. That's, no, that's just your you, experience. But no, but what I'm trying to say to you here is I know about that shit because I was in it for 30 fucking years. Yeah, but the, way somebody's a, the way somebody's a mechanic for 30 years, the way somebody's a plumber for 30 years, I've walked down that street. Absolutely. So when I talk to you about rehabs and crimes and all this shit, I keep it there. I sit and listen to this podcast every week and I'm like, I'm the most shallowest guy in the world. I talk about coke, drugs, and crime, and I laugh at Felicia, whatever, when I listen to it. But this is what I know. This is my world. So when I see rehabs and I see people trying to get their lives together and all the bullshit, I look at them and I can tell where they're coming from. I can tell. And I'm, sometimes I'm wrong, but 90% of the times I'm fucking not when it comes to that shit. And I know this in my heart. I can pitch something. I can look at you and go, that motherfucker. You know, I have a friend now, Jody. She stopped drinking. Four years. I can't figure it out. So you stopped drinking once, now you're back on the fucking... And, and you know it's the well, people that surrounds itself the, and it's everything you have to turn everything around and most people aren't committed or 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 even they don't want to do it they don't want to do it they just go through the motions you know you see these people that go into the ufc and they get the ultimate fight and they get punched in the face and you never hear from them again they weren't really right about what the fuck they wanted to do how many years have you been here you've been here what 20 years, how many comics have come and gone talking a big game? And you're still here, Felicia. They didn't even know what the fuck they were talking about. They were just confused people from the beginning. They didn't think out the move before they got into it. But that's their, you know, maybe they had to do that to, you know, move back to fucking Cincinnati and sell shoes like a motherfucker. You know what I mean? Everyone just has their different paths. Children out there, if you're listening, hugs, not drugs. 
Drugs too. <laughs> okay. How about drugs, not drugs and fucking hugs? hugs, hugs and drugs. How about you do a drug, then you get a hug? And that's what you usually do. You give a girl some coke, she'll give you a hug. You know what I'm saying? She'll give you a hug and a blowjob. It always works that way. Drugs, I've always been hand in hand with hugs. You know what I'm saying? Uh, nothing like it. But there's a, so you know what? People self One of the things that we do, because you know, listen, I know a little something about taking drugs. People self-medicate, and that's what it is. And your brother, we, 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 and we do it for our lack of self-esteem, and then whatever all the other things—the narcissism, the selfishness, and all that other good stuff. But if somebody makes an attempt to get clean, let them do it. Oh, go I'm with fucking, you. Call me. Go I'll help you. I'll, I'm with you at the exactly. step. Like to I'm with you at the step. Put them in a rehab. But don't tell me you're going to rehab for 21 days where they're no, going to give you 100 get, grand. No, no, wait, look at it from their point of view, which, which you know, and you had the exact uh, situation, but with the weight thing, because it's all addiction. But when they said that the, the uh, what was the show that they wanted you to be a part of? Celebrity Rehab. Celebrity whatever. Rehab to, to lose weight. No, no, the other one, the fat show. Yeah, the fat show. Fat show, yeah, but I remember. The, but, but in a way, weren't you like, yeah, then, then I would no, get money you, and this and you, that? So didn't tell you, you entertain that? No, let me tell you what. I entertained it, but I knew I was bullshitting myself. Right. I, I, was, I was doing uh, it for money, Felicia. I was oh, yeah, when of it course they're doing it for money. And at the time it happened, at the time it happened, I remember he came to me, just looked at me, and he goes, and I never, we don't get, listen, most of our conversations are like this, cocksucker, fuck you, get out of here, make a left turn, make a right turn. But this, <laughs> every once in a while, and he goes, you know, Uncle Mike, you know, Uncle Mike, I was, I'm getting, they're offering me some money to do this fat show, you know, he said, and then I thought to myself, did I work this hard all these years in this town to try to become, you know, to stand up and get some fame, get some, get, get some recognition, and is this where I'm going to end up on this pathetic fucking piece of shit? And, and I knew that that was the coolest thing he ever did. He needed the money. He needed the, let me tell you something. We always need money. Always need money. We always need fucking money. He turned money. the money down because he didn't want to make a fool of himself. I was right there with Rogan. I was on the phone with the company. I had just come back. I know, but that's, but that's what I love about you, Joey, and that's why you're not a loser. guys have made our year yes it this started for us as a hobby and it's become something that we can't control at times I, i'm getting emotional i love your emails i'm getting stronger off your emails guys we got some uh, really did you see the one about the fucking guy that got robbed by the stripper last weekend oh, oh yes. shit when i told you that they're fucking pickpockets and shit know. and you oh no strippers are all nice women fuck you they're fucking that. creepy cocksuckers they rob you there's three of no, girls working away. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Nice yeah. girls working their way through college. I told you. right away. I know. And did you see what happened? They went to the security cameras and found the chicks taking the money out of his wallet, and they fired the bitch right there on the yeah, spot. Yeah, but here's the thing. I don't care. I'm I would have been me. I would have robbed bad everything. If you go to a, if you go to a strip club and you have money where a chick can get to it, number one, put isn't your dick away. Job? Or number one, put your fucking hey, money away. I've lived off of fucking. Away. I've isn't lived that, off of people slipping. Job? You follow me? <laughs> I'm not there to criticize. I can't criticize that no, stripper. No. You no. left your wallet out no, with your tongue sticking you out of your hand. You're not gonna cry for the old woman that got in the back of a fucking truck for you and you fucked her up the ass, but you're gonna cry for some guy that got lifted four hundred. No, I, I would have. I would have lifted his fucking wallet. He had it out. Right Why would you go to the strip club with your wallet anyway? You got to go in there prepared. You got to put a twenty in this pocket. You got to be prepared. For, you don't go with all your money in one pocket. You got a twenty in your back pocket, a couple singles in this pocket, so they can't really rob you. You look. If anything, you're robbing the fucking stripper. You know how many strippers I fucking robbed in my day, taking a fifty out of their stocking. I don't give a fuck.
Mike Kessler, Merry Christmas, cocksucker. All right. Merry Christmas. Thank you for, for coming. coming on the show and uh, uh, sharing a little bit about Mr. Diaz, yeah, the one and only. I want to give a shout out to all the Twitters, to Ali and Mr. Big and just Scott and Scoteros and everybody who sends the great Twitters and Facebooks. I love you guys with all my heart, man. You've kept me you've kept me going this year with all the great things you said. And uh, me and Felicia will see you in January, 2000 motherfucking 11. Have a great time, but be safe. And stay black, bitches. <laughs>